Hello again and welcome to another edition of The Vinyl Crawl, your weekly podcast about beer and records. I'm Alan Miller, host of the show. Uh, I want to let you hear something real quick. Check this out and see what you think. what you're listening to is Colts from their 2014 Record Store Day release Upstairs at United Volume 10 where they recorded themselves straight to analog tape at United Records in um, Nashville, Tennessee, which is very close to my home base. But the reason I wanted to let you hear that is because while 2014 was a long time ago, Bull Moose still has this in stock. For fourteen dollars, it's thirteen ninety seven, brand new. To me, this album is one hundred percent worth it. It's there's only four tracks on it, but they're all recorded direct to tape. It's at forty five RPM. It's a high quality record with an insert that tells about the recording process and everything that went into it. Really cool release. Bull Moose has it. Bullmoose.com or at Bull Moose on Twitter if you want to check out their Twitter feed. They've been nice enough to sponsor us this year, so uh, give them a little love and, and go check out what all they have. Uh, this episode was recorded at White Squirrel Brewery in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where we've done some other episodes as well. Uh, this one, we talked about an album that Matt and I both really, really enjoy, uh, U2's album Rattle and Hum, which was a live album during the Joshua Tree Tour. So hope you enjoy White Squirrel Brewery in Bowling Green, right. Kentucky. We're back in our usual slot here. Yeah, they've, we have. They've sp- reserved uh, this table on the patio for us. Yeah. Nice day, nice night out tonight. It's not it too bad. It is a nice night. Uh, it's, it's a the place warm. is pretty hopping tonight. It is really hopping. Yeah. But I did learn my lesson from last time we tried recording when I got nothing but crowd noise. So now I've got True. microphones on. Yeah. So hopefully it sounds better. Uh, we're once again drinking a new Belgian beer, new Belgium beer. Uh, this time it's the Fat Sour Apple Ale, which is a uh, collaboration with Hopworks Urban Brewery out of Portland, Oregon. Yeah, not familiar with them. I'm, I'm not either. Uh, it says that our heroes at Hub pedaled fat tires straight to the apple orchard. Slightly sour homage starts with a snap of tartness courtesy of lacto by whatever and apple juice then gets balanced with fat tire inspired malty sweetness and a slight herbal bitterness i don't know if i get all of that <laughs> i do get some apple i do get some i do apple. get some sour and i get some sour but it doesn't linger it and doesn't all, linger like a traditional sour it's all up front it is it's very up front it's um 
it's a lot better than like a hard apple cider like that you get in the store yeah. like it's much better than something like that which oh, is basically yeah. just kool-aid yeah. when we get down to it like those hard apple ciders are not not this good. this reminds me of like a sour if you don't drink sours or you're not sure about sours yeah this is like training wheels i hate perfect. to say that no that's but, i think that's a perfect uh, analogy for i that. don't mean that in a bad way but this kind of gets you into sours. I really like sours. Yeah, this this will be this will be a fantastic intro into. But this it. is a good intro. Yeah. You know, sours kind of get a bad rap sometimes because they can be really heavy on the palate. True. Like yeah. to almost like lock your jaw up a yeah. little bit because yeah, it hits yeah, you yeah. so hard. But this one is really light. It's refreshing. Um, I think maybe that's from the apple juice in it or something. I don't know, but it True. it kind of it's kind of like an apple juice with some seltzer in it or something like that <laughs> in a way. Yeah. But it, it's really good though. It's good. It's good. Good flavor. It's just up up front and quick. Um, perfect pairing with the album. That's U2's true. U2's Rattle and Motherfucking Hum. That's right. A sour and salty album. It is. <laughs> One of your favorites, one of my favorites. Yeah. This is one we're going to agree on for days. Ah, uh, for days. Yeah, this podcast could last hours. Yeah. You know, it was funny that we were kind of talking about a little bit off off air about how bad it is that critics hated Rattle and Hum so much. Yeah. You know, my first exposure to Rattle and Hum was uh, a trip that my dad took me to, and I was probably like maybe 11 or 12. He took me down to Memphis. We went to Sun Studio. Oh, yeah. Where they recorded some of the tracks on Rattle and Hum. And when we walked in the studio, they still had it set up the same way it was set up for Rattle and Hum because that oh, was the wow. last big, big album that had been recorded there. This yeah. is like early 90s. So they had little video monitors with Rattle and Hum playing. Then they had the mics and stuff set up just like it was when the band was in there, which is amazing. That's cool. And I, I saw that on the video monitor and was just blown away by how awesome it was. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, critics, critics don't like this album. For some reason. Well, do you think that they didn't like the album that much because U2 was like mega popular? Yeah, I mean, I guess we should mention that this album is the Joshua Tree tour. Yeah. While it doesn't have, it only has a couple of Joshua Tree songs on it, it was still the tour for the Joshua Tree. Yeah. So, and and maybe it was backlash at how big U2 had gotten. Because they were huge. They were, they were massive yeah, at that was, time. I mean, honestly, you know, Joshua Tree came out and it kind of picked up steam, and they ended up releasing so many singles off they of did, it. Yeah, I mean, and they were all top ten. And so, it was a massive U.S. tour. Like and the it Joshua just kept tree. growing. And I did read on online that uh, this. The movie that goes along with it, which was a huge movie, yeah, wasn't supposed to be huge to begin with. It was supposed to be like a small doc just about yeah. the Joshua Tree, and then Hollywood got involved. It got huge, and you can kind of see that in the movie because it is very bombastic. Like there's very. a lot of yeah, a lot of stuff in there. But that being said, I also think that a lot of critics hated the fact that there was this Irish band coming into the USA in the 80s. And trying to tell the American experience when they're not from America. Right. Which was not a fair backlash because, to be honest, you know, as as stupid as some of the stuff Bono has said throughout his career, because he's had some real clubs throughout his career, most of the things he says on Rattle and Hum are pretty true statements to the American experience. You know, 
And the sad thing is some of that stuff that he's saying is still relevant in today's world as well. Yeah. And I mean, and it's not like, like, I don't know why the critics chose to hate him now. The only thing I can think of is they're so big. They weren't pulling any punches when they did, uh, what was the live EP? Oh, Under, Blood, Red Red Rocks. Under yeah. Blood Red Sky? I mean, yeah, they were just as outspoken then as they were yeah. on this as well. The difference between Under Blood Red, Blood Red Sky and Rattle and Hum, to me, is the fact that they have a lot larger listener base yeah. on Rattle and Hum than they did with Under Blood Red Sky. And the other thing about Rattle and Hum that I think the critics really hated was the fact that they felt like Bono and Edge were aping this American experience. Like they were wearing the cowboy boots, the cowboy hat. Yeah. They, they felt doing the, doing the rockabilly stuff the song with B.B. King, you right. know, they thought they were aping this yeah. American experience when I don't, I didn't feel that one bit. I just well, felt like it was a band that really was paying tribute to the American Exactly. You, you know what B.B. King said to Bono? He's like, man, I like you. I like your writing style. Yeah. You're right. It's heavy words, you know? I and, mean, it, and it is. They were yeah. heavy words. Um, I want to talk about what I don't like first because that's easy. It's, there's not that I don't like there, but there is a little bit yeah I'll go after um, you I assume that our feelings might be similar on some of it while I enjoyed Helter Skelter as a kid as an adult their version of Helter Skelter they probably could have kept that off the album they probably could have it's very spirited though it is and, and it's a little egotistical to say oh yeah Charles Manson stole this from the Beatles and now we're stealing it back yeah I would say that that's probably the height of the Bono the Bono yeah you know yes I mean well uh, but you know I would I would argue that the height of the Bono <laughs> was Zoo TV oh god that was the height of the yeah, Bono I kind of dropped them by then <laughs> right you know, but he was he was feeling his own on this. Like, yeah, you know, my voice is strong and people will listen to me. Kind of right. Thing. So Helter Skelter, I think, is a weak point. Um, but it's not a bad way to start the no, album. No, it's on. not, and it's a good cover. Their cover yeah. is serviceable. It's fine, much like their cover of All Along the Watchtower, which is serviceable, but I don't think it's necessarily good. Well. I like it for the fact that it is it's punchy, it's it upbeat, it's it's at that point where every it's that raise your fist and it is. in the show. And at that time, you know, nobody was playing that cover, I mean, at all. Uh, and, yeah, you know, there was only maybe a handful of people that were actually attempting it. There wasn't many at all. You know, so it was a cool it was probably a cool tune that they decided to put in the set of the yeah. Joshua Tree tour in the middle near Bullet the Blue Sky or something True. and it worked, you know. So I, just, I don't per- mind personally, it. I, I go back to it. Personally a lot. I didn't care for it. But that yeah. really to be honest, that to me that's the only two points of the album yeah. where I'm just like, meh. And I still don't hate it. I'm just like, meh. Yeah. You know. I don't I, I guess if I had to pick something, it might be the Helter Skelter since you brought it up and stuff. Yeah. But honestly I don't have a problem with any of this. I can put it on at the beginning and roll through the whole record. Yeah. You know, for the critics to try to say that 
they're aping the American experience. They're selling out. They're doing all these things. I think it's a lot of bullshit, and I think it's a lot of critics that were just afraid to say that they might be doing something really good with this album. Yeah. Because, honestly, like tracks like Van Diemen's Land, uh, the way they do Pride with the gospel choir, yeah, that's big time shit. Heartland, dude, those, uh, those are big, big statements. Like that's big things. Massive. And you know, my my only complaint is that they didn't they didn't decide to put the version the movie version which we should also mention there's tons of extra stuff in the movie that's not on the album yeah true the movie version of Sunday Bloody Sunday right because it's incredible because there had just been a uh, a funeral in Ireland they did the show in Denver where where they recorded Sunday Bloody Sunday and I think a week week before maybe there had just been a funeral in Ireland that the IRA had bombed they bombed the funeral it was a, you know, it was a pretty cowardly act. Everybody was kind of in agreement, like this is this is going too far. And Bono, when he gets on stage during the break in the middle of Sunday Bloody he Sunday, was raging, goes on a rant about like I'm tired of these American Irish people telling me what the homeland should be doing and telling me that people should be dying for this cause. And he says, "Fuck the revolution." Yeah, that is huge. Like, just for that time period, for the 80s, for, for Ireland at that time, massive. That was big. And that that was in a time setting of the 80s where it was more Miami Vice. Yeah. Flash. Yeah. And, like, here's this, this realism heavy political coming issue. through. Right. Sun City and all, you know. Right. I, I think I'm really sad that they didn't put that on the album. I know I read on Wikipedia that Bono kind of had a second thought, like, oh, maybe this is a little well, too heavy for the album. And, you know, they had kind of already done that. Because the album's a celebration, really. It's not so much a, a rant, I guess you could say. Well, it is a celebration, but it's also a celebration to make you think, too. Mm-hmm. You know, true. with the way they... The album's got such great flow, and they intersplice... There's little interludes in there. Do what? There's interludes in the yeah, album. Yeah, and it's great. You know, yeah. like the way they use the gospel choir. And incredible. The, the guy on the street, uh, Freedom for My People. Yes, incredible. And Silver and Gold, incredible. you know. I mean, the version it's almost of, like there wasn't a place for it. The version of Pride and the version of Where the Streets Have No Name. Isn't it yeah. Where the Streets Have No Name that they do with the gospel uh, truck? Or which one is it? No. Still uh, haven't found what I'm looking yeah. for. Sorry, I always flip those two. Those two versions, those two live versions are so incredible. Well, yeah, and the fact that they do... They do... Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for into freedom for my people. Yeah. It, all, it just flows right in there, you know. They were saying things about America that Americans were too afraid to say, in my opinion, at that time. Yeah. You know, we were on this high of... You know, Reaganomics, trickle-down economy. Everything's great. Wall Street's great. Greed is good. We're on this high about America. Everything gonna, is awesome. America, fuck yeah. We're going to save the world, you know. And then you got this Irish group coming in going, mm, not yeah. not so fast. And I think that might be Nobody some of the reason. Nobody That might be some of the reason they got so much backlash. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, the documentary or rockumentary, whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. it, is brilliant. I think the way it's shot, it is in a lot of black and white. It's it's gorgeous. And even for 
you know, at that time, they had become arena rock. Yeah. But that show at Tempe, Arizona that they did, the footage from that is incredible. Yeah. And I mean, even... And then one track that I wish to God was on this album, although I'm kind of... It's okay that it's not because it makes it a little cooler, is the... Uh, the baby please come home Christmas oh yeah that was shot yeah. during the same tour it was and yep. it's so great and it's everybody awesome. knows the song but it's not on Rattle and Hum but you know but it's a cool single to have it's a cool 7 inch to have it is which you it have is. And, and I hate you for it because it, you have it you have that one right I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I hate you for it because you do have that <laughs> one and that is one that I would love to have well and you can't really like for Rattle and Hum to stand like it has through time, having a Christmas song on there would have disrupted the flow. It really would have, yeah. You know, so it was kind of genius for him to put that out on that very special. It's on the very special Christmas album, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, which it was, was a charity album. One. Yeah, you know. I I mean I I gush over this album just because a couple reasons. One was it was my first big U2 album that I got into. Um, I had a cousin that was actually more like a brother to me that was big into the Stones and big into yeah. U2. These were a couple of CDs that we had in his car that we'd always listen to. Right. He had a Tattoo You and he had Rattle and Hum. Nice. <laughs> it's all you need in a Firebird, right? You don't need any, you don't need two more CDs. Rattle and Hum and Firebird. Neighbors Rattle and Hum. On yeah, tattoo, exactly. Yeah. Tattoo You. That's all you need in a Firebird. That's all you need. You put the top down, you put those in. Right. Little T and A. Just just keep it on loop. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. But but Rattle and Hum, we used to crank Bullet the Blue Sky. Dude, it's because, a killer version. You know, and, and Edge has gotten a lot of flack for for grabbing that Pink Floyd Echoes sound on Bullet the Blue Sky. But my God, it's yeah. so huge. That guitar sound is so huge. But that's the thing. They never, the critics never stopped to ask him if he was stealing it no. or paying homage to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like. Nobody else was playing guitar like that at the time. No. He was the only one doing it. Yeah. Well, not many people were playing guitar. It was a lot of keyboards. That's, that's true. And, you know. And they had their, you know, they had some of their keyboard experimentation with Unforgettable well, sure, Fire yeah. and things like that. But they were still a pretty much like four piece rock band. That's, yeah. that's kind of how yeah. they sounded. For me, I think this is a way that you can... This album kind of closes a little bit of history for you two. Yeah. Because they it took... It marks a, the change. Yeah. It, it, they took a lot of time off yeah. until Octune Baby came out in 91. They and they went to Berlin for Octune Baby, which was a complete yeah. change from yeah. being in America so long. Right. And, it, and that was a whole different feel and all and that's great because that's what you need to do you don't need to repeat joshua tree again yeah they you know two, they kind of but they had reached as far as they could go with that sound they had done unforgettable fire they'd done yeah you know war they they'd done all that stuff leading up to joshua tree. it was a natural progression and that's what i'd almost say is you definitely need to listen to rattle and hum but you know starting at like war and yeah. then you know that's kind of punkish, but it's polished on the edges a little bit. Boy is kind of like new wave. It is. You know, it really is. <laughs> Unforgettable fire. It's brilliant. It is a brilliant album. Joshua Tree is brilliant. Joshua Rattling Tree is, is brilliant. Joshua Tree will forever be the best album they ever made. Oh, it's incredible. 
you know, there is... There's just not a bad song on it. It's a five-star album. Yeah. You know. And it's an 80s-defining... It's a decade-defining album. Yes. Absolutely. Just like probably Springsteen's Born in the USA is. Yeah, just as powerful. Exactly. You know. Just as powerful as that. But for me, like, Rattle and Hum, I love the album, but I was living in that time period, too, and it was great, and I saw the film in the theater yeah. multiple times, and it was wonderful. And I can remember skipping school and driving to Louisville <laughs> to see it again with a couple of friends of mine. Yeah. Uh, Kim and Kate Hart, I think. The yeah. three of us went to Louisville. We were the only ones seeing it at, like, a 2 o'clock showing. And so they cranked it up. So you're sitting there watching it with, like, five people. And everybody just gets up and you're dancing around. It was just a great experience. I mean, a lot of that side is embedded, you know, as far so as memories So that movie works well with crowd participation. It does. Like when you have a whole crowd working. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, that's, it's just a great film to watch. Yeah. And, but Almost yeah. easy to hate on. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's points in the film where you're like, okay, you know, it's a little egocentric. There's points in the film that yeah, are like that. But, sure. But honest to God, who wouldn't be once they released Joshua Tree and it was as huge yeah. as it was? Like, my God, that album was massive. Yeah. It's, it's hard to fault them for, like, being a no. little eccentric with it. They didn't plan for it to be that way. They just yeah. happened to write a great album that there were several singles on there. Or soon-to-be singles. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Damn near the whole album singles. But the fact is, with every single that they issued, the B-side wasn't on Joshua Tree. And in some cases, it was just as good yeah. as the A-side. So they were in the height of their creativity, period. So, like on Rattle and Hum, on the, on the actual release, the actual vinyl release... Which we've got a we have a funny story around that because oh yeah I picked that up for you in uh, in Minnesota yeah I went on vacation went to the state fair stopped in a record store uh, I can't remember what might have been in St Paul but I stopped in a record store and saw Rattle and Hum and I was like oh shit Matt's been looking for Rattle and Hum forever because we've we've always been joking of like how how do we not see Rattle and Hum anymore? right and I was trying to figure out why don't I have it yeah so know? so I was like I text you I was like hey you want this like sure so I picked it up for you. Not not a day after I bring it back and give it to you. How many did we see come into the shop? Oh, man. One like came five? in the shop. And since then, we've probably seen ten. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Just ridiculous. But, you know. So you should be able to find Rattle and Hum yeah, out in the wild. It's like, out there. Yeah. But what's what's your favorite song? Like, what's what do you think is, is and I don't care if it's live or studio, either one, but what song do you enjoy the most? I'm rattling home. Oh, man. I want to see if, like, our, if our thoughts line up on this. Well, you know, I mean, honestly, one of the tracks that really still sticks with me decade after decade that I really like is probably Heartland. Oh, man. I thought I you were going to go Desire. Too. Oh, I mean, it goes without saying. Yeah, that's, that groove, that will that forever guitar. be my favorite favorite song on, close to the top of my favorite U two songs ever. Yeah, Desire is an incredible song. It is. It was the first single from Rattle and Hum. And it also manages to be rockabilly without being 
silly about it. Like, right. it still has a hard yeah. groove to it while keeping with the traditional form of like. And there's some smart lyrics in it too. There are, yeah. You know, but and that's the other thing I should that's say. Some great harmonies between Edge and Bono in that True. song too. Yeah, it's a great video, also. <laughs> it really is. Um, if you buy Rattle and Hum, search out all the singles too. Because Desire, I think, was like a gatefold 7-inch, maybe. Yeah. And then if you, like, you know, do all the Joshua Tree stuff, all the Joshua Tree stuff was issued on 7-inch and 12-inch. There's an Angel of Harlem 12-inch. Yeah, I have seen that. That has two B-sides. It's, I mean, by the time you get all the singles from Rattle and Hum and Joshua Tree, it's a whole nother album. For sure. Yeah. So did you did you drop off you 2 at Octane Baby? Yeah, I, I really couldn't connect that much with Octune Baby. I connected hard with Octune Baby because it's of my age. It's a good age, album. My yeah. age and the fact that Mysterious Ways just connected, like, that guitar yeah. riff connected with me so hard. Oh, it was awesome. It's killer. And I went back and listened to it, I don't know, probably three or four months ago, and it just didn't hit with me. Yeah. You know, at that point... It is a 90s sound. Like Very. It, it's very you know it's that slick 90s sound i was going down the road feeling bad at that point <laughs> you done jumped on the dead bandwagon i was on, it was I over was, i was on tour man your punk days were over by that, by that veggie punk. burritos and grilled cheese sandwiches and kind <laughs> <laughs> so all right we did we did stars on one of our other how many stars you give rattle and hum how many can i give out of 10 out of 10 Honestly, I'll give it ten. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. If I'm I being mean, if I'm being fair, I'll give it. You like want that. me to go nine point five because nothing's ten? No, that's not true. There are some tens, and if it is a, a perfect ten for you, then I really like this album. Now, a lot of it is maybe because I was there when it was released, yeah. and in conjunction with the movie. But I mean, it's. It's a great album. I would go like a 9 out of 10. You'd go what? Like a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Just because um, there's a few things that I think they should have done instead to make it a 10. Yeah. One is uh, replace Watchtower with Sunday Blaze Sunday. Ooh. I think that would have made it a 10. Ooh. I would have left Helter Skelter, but I would have replaced Watchtower. Heartland, man, is great, though. You're right. Heartland is so good. Heartland is is killer. But even, like, uh, Van Diemen's Land with Edge singing is yeah, killer. Is Edge awesome. has got a great voice. He does have a great voice. But, like, with Heartland, you can associate it with that scene in the movie Yeah. where they're on that hill in Memphis and the sun's going down and all. I mean, it's just, you know. How weird is it that they made almost a better movie about America than a lot of Americans have ever done. It's, it's, maybe it takes that outsider influence yeah. to come in and see it. Warts maybe. and all. Because they you show know, warts and all. They, they show they did. the bad and yeah. the good. And Keith embraced America early on, too. When Keith they, Richards? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When they were renting the car to go down Highway 61. Yeah. And, you know. But, I don't know. I think us... As Americans, sometimes we overlook the beauty that's right in front of us. It's very true. And sometimes it takes someone from the outside to show it to us. Yeah. 
which I feel like they did with Rattle and Home. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect.